0: Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, President and General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. Our goal has always been to make the car buying process easy. So when we couldn't serve you in person, we found a different solution. CMA's Easy Purchase. It's simple. All you have to do is head to cmascolonialhonda.com, select your vehicle, secure your financing, value your trade-in, and select the delivery location. CMA's Colonial Honda. Owners just do more. Visit cmascolonialhonda.com.
1: Hear ye. it's time for the Sports King Show, live on Sports 1061. The show with scores, interviews, the hottest topics, and the biggest sports stories of the day. It's the show where you'll hear from the players that make the plays, as well as the key coaches and personnel who make it happen. All of this in live phone calls from you, the Sports King Nation. Now, direct from his castle, located in an undisclosed location in the capital city of Richmond, Virginia, let's welcome to the throne, His Highness, Jamie King, the Sports King on Sports
2: 1061. Hey, good morning, everyone. Wednesday edition of the Sports King Hump Day Version, and we thank you for joining us wherever you're out there listening. Facebook Live, Sports 1061. And right off the bat, uh, on Facebook Live, you can see I'm clad in my Washington Nationals gear, and that's because at long last something I didn't think was going to happen. Finally, Rob Manford has done what he should have done all along, dropped the gauntlet and said, this is it, and it's it. Baseball is back, baby. We're back in business now. Now, the question is, how is it going to look? Major League Baseball will hold opening day either on July 23rd or July 24th if they had got through some of this nonsense, it could have happened on the nation's birthday, but they didn't do it. But I digress. The 23rd or 24th will be opening day. Teams are going to start heading to training camps in a week after the league and the union on Tuesday agreed on all of the health and safety protocols that will govern the sport as it attempts to return amid the coronavirus pandemic. Now, here lies a rub. They are trying to attempt to return. Now, this isn't going to be without error, folks. I so don't think it's just going to be a smooth uh, walk through the roses because nearly three months of frustrating and failed economic negotiations ended with the league implementing a 60-game schedule that will run through September 27th and feature a number of new elements. I'll get to that in a few minutes. There'll be a 10-team playoff structure as everyone vies for the world title. But in looking at this, we're happy that baseball is back. There's all kinds of changes here. But the deal and the dissension between Major League Baseball and the Players Association that led to this back and forth, it's just gone on. It's beyond ludicrous. But finally, they have a season coming up for all of us, and we can be thankful for that. Uh, the protocol list that players are receiving is well over 100 pages, much like the NBA 100-page uh, document there that they have to go through. There's so much to go through in terms of the safety protocols. Now... Will there be some players that just say, I'm not going to do it? I'm not going back. You wonder about the Blake Snells of the world who said, If I don't get mine, meaning my entire salary, I'm not coming back to play. So it's going to be interesting to see if the high dollar guys, all of them show up or some say, Look, I've got so much money. Uh, it's not worth the health risk. I'm going to stay with my family. 60 games means nothing to me. The money means nothing. You know, I've got hundreds of millions in the bank. I'm going to go ahead and stay home. You wonder if they'll do that or if they're going to show up and just go for it, and we hope they will. Now, there's all kinds of implementations going on, and it's uh, fluid, as you can imagine. We're going to go through some of it right now. Uh, We want to also let you know, coming up in the 11 o'clock hour, Cole Thompson, our NFL insider, is going to go through some of the NFL things happening. He's hearing about, Uh, of course, he writes for the Pro Football Network and also covers the Texas A&M Aggies down in Texas. So, Cole Thompson, 11 o'clock guest here in the Sports King. And your phone calls, 804 327 0888. Are you happy that Major League Baseball is returning? I'm ecstatic. You know, I want it to happen. I know my producer, Ben Maitland, a huge Atlanta Braves fan, uh, being the Nationals'. Uh, fan that I am, of course, world champion. Washington Nationals had a chance, if they didn't play the season, could have been a two-time world champion, but I didn't want to get it that way. We want to win the right way. Unfortunately, it's not going to be a full season. How it's going to look is this way. Uh, It's going to be radically different. Teams will play their four divisional opponents ten times, and each of the five interleague opponents in the same geographical area for four games apiece The National League will use a designated hitter. In extra innings, this is going to be an interesting deal here. Teams will begin with a runner on second base. So that's how it's going to go in extra innings. And base hit normally will win depending on who's on second base. And, of course, you're going to have a speedster there. So more than likely, if you get a good... Base hit, it will score the runner from second, so that's how they're looking at it there. The trade deadline will be August 31st, less than a month before the regular season is scheduled to end. Rosters will start at 30 men for the first two weeks then go to 28 for the next two weeks and stay at 26 for the remainder of the season. Teams will have a taxi squad that will allow them to have as many as 60 players overall available to play in Major League games. There will be a COVID-19 injured list, which has never happened in the history of sports. We've never dealt with this before, with no minimum or maximum length of time spent on it. While injured players, uh, their stints will be for 10 days. The typical 60-day stint will last for at least 45 days. Coronavirus concerns around the sport have ramped over over the past week with players and staff from multiple organizations testing positive. Here is where my issue is now. Seven players and five staff members from the Philadelphia Phillies have already tested positive. The Colorado Rockies have players that have tested positive, and this is according to the Denver Post. So the players, as I said yesterday on the show, in terms of football, I feel that in order to do this the right way, Players are going to be tested and need to be tested every single day. And I spoke with somebody last night. I got a call late and somebody said, what do you think about getting back to normal? How do you think it's going to work? And I said, you know what? Hopefully somebody comes up before a vaccine, maybe with a daily test that everyone can take. That could be something everybody could afford. And uh, it's not going to put everybody in the poorhouse where you could take maybe a five minute test daily to get up to see if you are uh with the virus or without and if you are without you can carry on your day and you come home and start up the next day and for the foreseeable future maybe that's the way we go about business and go about sports to make sure you're all clear before you go in and have the opportunity to maybe infect other people so that's uh you know best case scenario hopefully that's going to be coming i know they've got tests out there but it's all dependent upon how you can take it when you can take it and so forth but players are going to be tested in the major league baseball situation Every other day, even if they are asymptomatic, according to health and safety protocol, which was obtained by ESPN, the behaviors outlined in the protocol, everything from the pitchers using a wet rag to moisten their fingers in lieu of licking them to staff members wearing masks in the dugout will change the look and feel of the sport. Uh, Before I coached, I was a quarterback way, way, way back in the day. And one thing I always did was just a bad habit is always lick my fingers before you know, I get ready to get out of the huddle because it was just something I wanted to make sure I could get a good grip on the ball. Baseball pitchers and outfielders and everybody else, they'll always go to their hand to the mouth. That's something that you're used to doing, just like chewing tobacco and uh, chewing bubble gum and the sunflower seeds, all the things you're used to doing. But now, if you remember and think back just even a year ago about all the pitchers and all over the past, how many – pitchers go to their mouth in between pitches. You're talking about almost every pitch. Some guys do this. So to stop that, to take your hand to your mouth, it's going to take some doing. I mean, it's almost like, you know, putting a cap on or putting your shoes on. They get used to going to their mouth in between and licking their hand before they walk off the mound and get the ball back. So they're going to have to do that and go to a wet rag to moisten their fingers and don't use the nervous tick of going to your mouth with your hand, which is something just comfortable. If you think back in time, you know, the the Peyton Mannings and Brett Favres, the guys like that, John Elways, they go to their mouth with their hand. Dan Marino did that a lot. Uh, some of the greats that have ever played the game always go to their hand with their mouth, and that's just something they've done. Pitchers, especially catchers as well, if you're going to throw down a second, you want to make sure you get a good grip on the ball, and that's just a nervous tick habit that everybody uh, not everybody, but most pitchers do in between pitches. And uh, so you've got the rosin aspect and you got the wet rag now they're going to have. So you're going to watch this. It's going to be interesting whether they have it in their pocket or they have it off the mound. They just go down and touch it with their fingers and then try to get the moisture so that they can deliver the next pitch. So then you have somebody else saying to your uh, pitcher, hey, what's on that rag? Is it just moisture or is it possibly Vaseline? And that opens up a whole nother Pandora's box of what kind of moisture is on that rag. And that's another deal for another day, but we'll take it as is. So they're going to be uh, using the wet rag to moisten their fingers and staff members will be wearing masks in the dugouts, which will change the look and the feel of the sport. Now, If you are a sports junkie like the sports king and you're up at 2 a.m. watching the Korean baseball just to get a little baseball fix, you understand that you you want to see baseball. Now, the Korean baseball that I've been watching, all the players in the dugouts and all around are wearing masks, so this is not new to what I've seen, but you're going to see something. If you haven't been watching baseball, all the uh, ancillary people in the dugout will be wearing masks, so that's going to be interesting in terms of that and how that is going to work there. So all staff members will be wearing masks in the dugout. It's going to change the look and feel of the sport tremendously, so be used to it. You'll get used to it, and don't worry because it's just going to be a thing that we're all going to have to get used to for now. Players are still going to have to sign off on this protocol, and it's going to be high risk for some players with pre-existing conditions, and it's going to be a situation where players without uh, certain designations can opt out. Uh, basically say, I'm not going to play, as I mentioned earlier before. Under this imposed season, players will receive their full pro rata, a sticking point in negotiations during which owners sought pay cuts in the first three proposals. The players never budge from their stance, and they will receive in total around $1.5 billion. That's about 37% of their full season salaries. Players will not receive forgiveness on the $170 million salary advance they received as part of the March agreement and they are owed no bonus money from the postseason two items that the league had offered as part of the deal that included the players rubber stamping expanding the playoffs from 10 to 16 teams the players we know saw the 70 game season in which they would be get uh, which they be getting the 50 million in playoff revenue and cut uh, into the 2020 uh, television money but they're not getting all of that and so at the end of the day somehow some way Rob Manford has said, baseball is thrilled to announce the 2020 season is on the horizon. What's your take? 804-327-0888. Are you happy? I'm happy. I'm ecstatic. I'm not ecstatic that my team, the Washington Nationals defending world champion Washington Nationals, now have 60 games. But you wonder if a shortened season is going to benefit a team like the Nationals. Of course, we have some issues wondering about third base with Anthony Rendon gone. How we are going to fill that in? But you know you have the pitching, and you wonder with the Strasburg and Scherzer on the front end how that's going to affect. I think in a shortened season, it could be to our benefit. As uh, last year, the only problem with that is we got off to that horrific start, and we didn't do well in the first part, but we really came on like gangbusters. Davey Martinez has a job in front of him to basically say, guys, we don't have the luxury of going 162 games. You have got to get out of the gate quickly because in this deal, 60. Uh, game season, you're looking at something. If you get behind quickly, uh, you won't come back from this. So it's basically from day one, there has to be a sense of urgency for everybody. So right out of the gate, the Yankees, the New York Yankees and the Los Angeles Dodgers have opened as seven to two favorites to win the world series. This is according to the Caesar sports book in Las Vegas, the Houston Astros are third favorites at 11 and one, the Houston asterisk, as I call them, of course, uh, the well-known cheaters from uh, last year, uh, they were hoping, I know, that the season would not go off because they've been loving the fact that they haven't been in the news and, uh, of course, the coronavirus has overtaken all of the headlines. But, hey, if you're in Houston, you better believe it's still going to come your way in terms of the cheating and the banging of the trash cans. is still not going away. And the fact that they are in place right now as the third favorites to win uh, in terms of Major League Baseball's world title, uh, Eleven to one. I, I think the Astros are in big trouble. Dusty Baker's there now, trying to calm things down. But right now, at the top, the Yankees and the Dodgers open at seven to two favorites. And you wonder why the Nationals aren't among the favorites in that top three tier. because other than Rendon and a couple other aspects, this is still intact. A team. You got a few defections, but by and large, it's still a team that can go the distance and. For the Yankees and Dodgers because of their big payrolls and the fact that they've played well, no question about it, they've got a lot of firepower, both of them do, and of course Garrett Cole, the addition of him from the Astros to the Yankees is a big reason for that. But players and staff members will start traveling to training camp sites, most of which will be held in their home stadiums for a July 1 check-in. So they're right around the corner. Rosters will unfreeze Friday afternoon, leading to potential trades and free agent signings. If all goes well over the following three weeks, baseball will will be back for a schedule of 60 games in 66 days, a shorter season than any sport has ever known. Now, here's the deal, baseball fans. You've been wanting baseball? like I've been wanting baseball, one thing I will tell you right now is prepare for baseball overload. And you say, well, how's that going to be? How's it going to work? Folks, 60 games in 66 days, they are going to be playing baseball nonstop, which is is great. To be honest, if I'm up watching at 2 a.m. Korean baseball to watch our national pastime, it's going to be a marathon and uh session, it's not going to be every day, it's just going to be boom, 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 boom. No breaks, no off days. It's just from one city to the next. Most home ball parks are going to be having these games, but it's going to be such a fast paced deal. You're going to say, Man, this situation is going to be so fast and so fluid that we hope it goes well. What's your take? 804 327 0888. The return of Major League Baseball. I cannot believe I'm saying this, and it's going to look different. It's not going to be the same, and you're going to say, wow, the fans aren't going to be there to start. Maybe they'll start integrating some fans. We don't know yet. We haven't heard a lot about that. But right now, the main thing is that the players are going to return. They've got a deal. Neither side really wins in this deal. The fans win that we get baseball back but it is lack of deal-making between the MLB and the Players Association that led to this to begin with, and it's just been a big, big, big mess. Three months of back-and-forth failed negotiations. That's all you can say. And Rob Manford finally had to put an edict down and say, I'm asking you guys to come back. This is it. There is no more negotiation, and we're done. So baseball is back July 23rd, July 24th, right around the corner, so guys are going to start coming. Now, here is the problem with that. They're coming from all corners of the world. Uh, International players coming in. They're having players from the West, East, North, South. They're all converging. And guess what they're bringing with them in some cases? Sad to say, but some of these guys have not been tested. They're going to come in and then, and I don't want you to be alarmed by this, but this is what's going to happen. You already have Colorado players testing positive, and you have Phillies players testing positive. We haven't even got these guys all back in yet. By and large, there's going to be a lot of players from different teams. We hope it's not the case, but based on what we're seeing in the minor league system and what we're seeing at the major league level, you're going to start see guys coming in, and they're going to test positive. Immediately, they're going to have to be quarantined. Then they're going to have to be declared healthy enough to return. So there you go with all of the situation of the the roster and the injury Uh, it's going to be the COVID-19 injured list with no minimum or maximum length of time spent on it depends on the situation on how quickly they will recover. And with all of the folks getting uh, positive results now, five players from Philadelphia and the Rockies now have some folks. So it's a mess right now and they haven't even got together. So uh, it's just really bothersome to me. When you look at uh, yesterday, they closed down Boise state's football complex and they're cleaning it and uh, they got players that are testing positive there. Clemson players 23 have tested positive there. So it's happening and we got to expect this. do not be alarmed. If some of your favorite players start testing positive when they come in, because you'll be saying, wow, I didn't know this. He came from Idaho. He came from Tennessee. He came from Florida. He came from Spain, wherever they come from. They're going to, in some cases, be testing positive. Then they're going to have to institute some of these aspects to get them healthy, to get them back on the field. But, the question I have is how much traveling are they going to do, how much air travel, how much are they going to stay at their home parks. Uh, I know they're working through the 60-game schedule, but it's going to be interesting. But as I said, even the, the minute details of the game, you're going to have to see some differences. And as I, as a pitcher and a fan of pitchers and guys that I watch closely, when you see players up on the hill and the fact that some of these guys are just so much going to their mouth, Every time they get the ball in their hand, it's going to be something where they're going to have to subconsciously say, I got to get, I got to get that rag down there, or either in my pocket, or I got, to, I got to touch it. I got to make sure that I get whatever I need on my hand to throw this next pitch. These are going to be some real changes, and these guys are going to have to really think this through because the natural thing you do is go to your mouth, and so that's going to be something they're going to work through there. But the fact is I'm excited beyond excited That for the first time in well over three months, we have something of a team sport that we can say, you know what? We've got something to look forward to. It's not perfect. It's not in the right frame that we want, the right context that we're used to. But we have Major League Baseball, and Major League Baseball is going to come back in some form. Now, we're excited about it. You're excited about it. I'd love to hear from you. 804-327-0888. Remember... The top two teams right now through Caesar Sportsbook, the Los Angeles Dodgers and the New York Yankees, 72 favorites to win it all in a shortened season, 60 games, 66 days. And it is going to be all kinds of fun. And I cannot wait for the first pitch. I will be there. Folks, if I'm watching Korea Baseball, you know I'm all in on Major League Baseball. Been waiting for this day for a long time. And finally, cooler heads prevailed. And right around the corner, we are going to hear. Lay ball. And I can't wait. How about you, Coach O'Dron? What do you think about that down in there in Louisiana? Do you feel like you're on board with this? I just gotta know. Go I'm get a coach. Go, Tigers. There we go. So we're excited. We're gonna come back with your phone calls. Much, much more. We got Cole Thompson, our NFL insider coming up at 11 o'clock. All that and more as the Sports King rolls on this Wednesday morning. Hi, this
0: is Chris Mooney of the Richmond Spiders. You're listening to Jamie King, the Sports King on Sports 1061.
2: Hi, sports fans. It's a sports king for the podiatry center of renowned foot doctor, Dr. Paul Ross. Dr. Ross is an expert who develops individual game plans for the sole purpose of getting his patients back to 100% as quickly as possible. In my case, I wore soft cast, hard cast. I was in pain and I saw no relief. That is, until Dr. Ross came to the rescue. He restored my foot to the way it was originally, and he gave me the quality of life I so desperately wanted to return to. He can do the same for you. He has state-of-the-art techniques and strategies to ensure your pain and issues become a thing of the past. If you've tried the rest, do yourself a favor and now try the best. Call today. Two offices to serve you: Bethesda, Maryland, and Springfield, Virginia. That's the Podiatry Center of Dr. Paul Ross. For more information, go to paulrossdpm.com. That's paulrossdpm.com.
1: Let's get back to the guy who said, "Where there's a will, there's a relative." Oh, you're listening to Sports King. Right here on Sports 1061.
0: And we
2: welcome you back on this Wednesday Hump Day Edition. Baseball is back, baby. You got to love it. It's going to be 60 games, 66 days. So batting down the hatches, buckle in. It's going to be a wild ride to the finish, and many folks think, of course, Caesar says Yankees and Dodgers, and I think overlooking the Nationals is a big mistake. That's just one man's take, but that's my take on it. I want to move real quick to the NFL, and, of course, Tom Brady. They're talking about some of the positive tests with players and the fact that You know, the situation of the COVID virus and all the things there in terms of practicing and what's going on, what's not going on. I talked to you yesterday about, um, I have folks down in that Tampa region talking about uh, how hard Tom Brady is working out with players there and getting ready for the season. This guy is on a mission. And let's take a listen to Adam Schefter, of course, NFL insider. Here he is talking about Tom Brady and his workout down in Tampa.
3: The fact of the matter is players do what they want to do, just as people in our society are doing what they want to do. Some people wear masks. Some don't. Some people are told not to work out. They do anyway. So, again, it's all an individual choice. And right now, these Buccaneers players believe that it's a bigger priority to be ready for the start of training camp whenever that begins. And they're not concerned with Dr. Mayer's recommendation. Their care. They care more about getting ready and being in shape for the start of training camp whenever it kicks off.
2: So Tom Brady is uh, working hard and working out daily, getting ready for the season. Of course, he's 40-plus years old. He doesn't care. He's throwing caution in the wind, getting his guys together, and trying to get any edge he can. That's what makes him great. Uh, six world titles, but he's still working hard trying to get things prepared for this Buccaneer squad. It's going to be a new look. It's going to be exciting. We're going to go out to the Sports King hotline, and we've got Kevin down in Tampa, a big Buccaneers fan. He's got a question about Tom Brady. Go ahead, Kevin.
4: Hey, Jamie, love your show. Nice to talk to you this morning. I woke up morning. this morning and my news show, Tom Brady uh, with two DBs and his receivers were working out at a Tampa high school uh, football field. My question to you is, Ron DeSantis, the governor, last night said everyone must wear a mask now. They just put out that new law. So he didn't violate that law. But however, do you think that anything can hold Tom Brady back from getting his timing down with his receivers before the start of the season?
2: Wow. Uh I'm not the governor, but uh, I am the king. No, I I don't know in terms of that situation. I am the king. Thank you. Uh, It's good to be the king. Uh, In terms (laughs) of Brady with the mask, uh, I I don't know. I mean, these guys, I had a player call me yesterday, and we were talking. He said, you know, I, I can't wear a mask. He said, it's so hot. And I'm trying to work out. And, uh, you know, so Brady and those guys out on the field, I think they're okay. I can't speak to that. The governor's saying you have to wear a mask pretty much everywhere now. But I can see these guys out sure. there working out without the mask, trying to get their timing down. But I can tell you what, I am so impressed with Brady. Just when you think he's done everything, been there, done that, won all the titles, and his career and his legacy is there. He's moved on to Tampa in a brand-new environment, and you know the heat down there. You live there. Uh, It's just amazing to me. He's out in the midday sun out there cooking and working as hard as he can to get some timing down for this Bruce Arians offense. What are you hearing down there, Kevin, by the way, on the ticket front in terms of it's got to be the toughest ticket in town to get?
4: Oh, yeah, they're tough tickets to get right now. I mean, Tampa's going crazy over the fact that we got Brady, and then when Gronk came, that was the icing on the cake. Uh, You know, they call uh, Bruce Arians win or lose, we booze Arians, and uh, that fits right with Rob Gronkowski's more or less uh, outlook on life. And uh, the thing is, Tampa Bay has an indoor air conditioning facility to work out in, but because the NFL, he can't work out there. So he's just taking it upon himself, and his receivers are more than happy to go out and a couple of defensive backs. And uh, I think getting his timing down, I think Tom Brady came to Tampa because he wants to be the first quarterback. He's won all other kind of acclaims. He wants to be not only the GOAT, but the only quarterback to win at a home stadium, which, of course, is in Tampa this year. So I think he's going to push extra hard. I think he's got a chip on his shoulder. I think in the first six weeks I'm going to call you back, and they're going to be 5-1.
2: Really, that's my You're already, yes. already going through it, huh? Well, I'm telling you right now. Uh, and I've, I've told people this, I know what they're going to do with Gronkowski. He's not going to be in every down tight end. He's going to be a guy, once he gets to that 25-yard red zone, he's going to take over there. Right. And the reason they're going to be so effective is because they know each other like the back of their hand. He knows where he's going to cut. He knows where he's going to break. There's no learning curve there. When he nods his head a certain nice. way or looks over at him, he knows just by eye contact which way you're going to go with it, and he'll be able to adjust on the fly and make it happen. So they're going to have a red zone uh, game, unlike very few teams out there. I think it's going to be... Now, here's the deal. If you don't go to Gronkowski and use him as a decoy, then you got Mike Evans and Godwin there and you've got all kinds of speed. But you got Evans with his height, so you've got two guys there. You can't really lock in on one, and I think Gronkowski will get singled up. I don't know how he's going to get singled up, but I think he's going to go to work. It could be one of the great years of his all-time career in terms of overall touchdowns in that red zone. I just think if you're a fantasy player out there, you better get on Gronkowski because I can't see him as an every down tight end, but he will be a guy in that red zone that I just think is going to have a career year.
4: That's exactly what they're saying also down here in Tampa. is He's going to be more or less a red zone guy and a decoy. But he's also very well known for his blocking skills also. And we don't have a great running game. But, however, with Tom Brady in there and the receivers we have, uh, he loves to throw that ball anyway. But uh, you, I think you know, it's going to be more of a, a throwing, throwing game and uh, throwing to uh, Jones, uh, the running back in the, uh, in the uh, open field, as a check down is uh, going to work out for him.
2: Yeah, the Bucs, I think, offensively, they're going to try to work that running attack to just do enough to keep people off balance as long as they have the aerial assault. The key question is, can they protect Brady enough to let him do what he has to do? I know you're thinking 5-1. and one. I know you're thinking Super Bowl potential. But i tell you what, it's all going to be dependent on that offensive line because last year, Jameis Winston was battered at times in certain games, wasn't protected well enough. If he can get protection for Brady and that left side they're working on to try to keep his backside protected, From getting these big hits at 40 plus years of age. If he can stand upright through most of the early season and get a good uh, traction going on with that team and that offense under Bruce Arians, I mean, you got to remember last year they were in so many, as you said earlier this year. We talked, uh, they lost so many one point games with Arians there, with now a guy that protects the football and Brady. Of course, Jameis with 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions, it was abysmal. But if you got a guy that can cut that down to eight to 10 interceptions maximum and have a very high plus touchdown ratio, you've got a Tampa team that if they get some good defensive play could be right there to the very end. Well, oh,
4: actually.
2: Their defense
4: played very well last year. It's only that Jameis Winston would put them in bad situations with the throwing interceptions and then leaving the defense at the ball at the ten yard line. Uh, you know, and and it's hard to defend. You know, four downs on a ten yard line. So I think Absolutely. that the defense did play well all year, except for you know, Tom, uh, if Tom Brady doesn't put him in a bad situation like Jameis Winston did, I think the defense is going to shine this year.
2: I think you're exactly right. Kevin, thanks for the call down there in Tampa, and uh, stay cool. It's beautiful weather down there, and if you get a chance to get out there at that local high school, Tom Brady is getting it done out there in the heat, and we wish you the the very best with the Buccaneers this year. Thank you so
4: much, Jamie, and you have a great day.
2: Thank you. Kevin from Tampa, talking Tom Brady, man. They're excited down there. As I said, the toughest ticket possibly in sports right now, uh, if you haven't in that Tampa region, you're listening out there now, You better call quick because there's probably just limited seating there. And, of course, uh, that cannon, uh, those cannons off the Jolly Roger down there are going to be firing quite a lot this year because I expect a lot of offense down there out of Tampa in that red zone with Gronkowski and Godwin. And, of course, uh, Mike Evans, a guy that's just a huge target down there. They're going to really be able to take advantage of some mismatches down in that red zone. Great call from Kevin. And I guess, uh, as he said, uh, they've got a new – uh, situation with the governor there saying you must wear masks, and he's wondering how it's going to affect even the practices down there. So we're wondering there what's happening. But uh, I think they're going to be okay out there at that high school. It's so hot, uh, I can't see anybody wearing a mask out on a football field in this kind of weather down in the Tampa region. So that's the situation there with the Buccaneers. But they are definitely uh, looking up. They get a little more from the running game, and that defense continues to flourish under Bruce Arians. This is a different deal altogether. While I'm not saying Super Bowl, I do think they could make a play off run. They're built that way right now offensively, and they weren't that bad last year despite Jameis Winston's up and down year. want to move uh, on to the NBA, and we said it, uh, of course, the NBA is starting up, and uh, the key today is to find out how the roster is going to shape up, and I'm going to give you a point of uh, reference here. Uh, Lakers guard Avery Bradley has opted out of playing the NBA's Orlando, Florida restart this season, he told ESPN yesterday. Bradley started 44 games for the Lakers this season and formed the team management of decisions. The Lakers will be able to sign a replacement for Bradley, a former player of the Cleveland Cavaliers, J.R. Smith. He is a leading candidate, according to ESPN. At the forefront of Bradley's decision to remain with his family is the well being of his oldest child, six year old Liam Bradley. Uh, His wife, Ashley, they have three children. Liam Bradley has a history of struggling to recover from respiratory illnesses and is unlikely he would have been able to medically be cleared to enter the Orlando bubble with his family. And Bradley went on to say, as committed as I am to the Lakers and my teammates in the organization, I ultimately play for my family. And so at this time, I can't imagine making any decision that might put my family's health and well-being at even the slightest risk. As promised also, I will use this time away to focus on the formation of projects to help strengthen my community, end quote. So you're looking at Bradley, a guy that played 44 games for the Lake Show, and here is my point uh, in terms of – trying to let you know about when you say, Hey, I'm picking my team or I bet on my team or my team will win. And here's why the reason I'm saying, hold all tickets, hold all decisions until end of today, maybe midnight tonight, you can go out and look at your full roster and say, these are the guys coming in. Now this is a double-edged sword. You can, yes, say my team is coming in and of my players, I've got maybe 14 out of 15 or 20 out of 22. However many players show up, you have to look at it and say, how many players are coming? How many are staying home? How many are choosing, like Bradley, to not go to this tournament situation and play in this NBA-shortened season? How many will stay home? And then how many, when they show up, will have to be quarantined that may have the coronavirus when they get there? It's a mess, but something we have not ever encountered before. But the NBA, of course, is trying to get this done. So you see Avery Bradley, one of the first defectors, of course, uh We heard about the Wizards' sharpshooter, uh, Davis Bantis, uh, who basically said he is not going to go due to his knee issue and, of course, impending contract. So certain guys are going to do this for contract purposes. Some guys are going to do this because they're looking at the situation with their health. They just don't want to risk it, and they don't want to risk their families being uh, upset in any way, shape, or form. So it's going to be interesting. Today we'll find out who signs and who doesn't sign. Uh, what's your take on the NBA in this short uh, shortened season? Who do you think is going to win it? 804 327 is the number. 804 327 is the number. And the NBA has approved the league's plan for the 22-team return to Florida. The details of health and safety protocols was released back on June 16th. And here's some questions out there. Of course, you wonder if a player tests positive, what's going to happen? And then how are they going to deal with that? Of course, it's going to be the bubble situation and it's going to be one of those things where teams are allowed to have four players at a team facility beginning June 23rd, up to eight players on July 1st. From there, teams will have uh, will leave for Orlando to participate in full training camps and scrimmages. And if you want to know what's going on and what's different about this plan with the NBA, under the plan, 13 Western Conference teams and nine Eastern Conference teams will play eight regular season games, seeding games before a possible play-in series. Here are the teams from the West, you have the Lake Show, the Los Angeles Lakers, 49 and 14. The Los Angeles Clippers, a team nobody's really talking about, Kawhi Leonard, you can never overlook that guy. He is a championship guy and he could lead them. So don't go to sleep on the Clippers. They're a talented group. The Denver Nuggets, and we'll talk about the Joker and uh, the situation there with uh, uh, their center, who is. Uh, Testing positive, and we'll give you that information momentarily. Utah Jazz 41 and 23. These are West teams. Oklahoma City Thunder 40 24. Houston Rockets, a team that I have as a dark horse to a title. They could definitely win it in a, in a shortened situation. Houston Rockets, Dallas Mavericks, Memphis Grizzlies, Portland Trailblazers, Damian Lillard and company there. Zion Williamson and the Pelicans. They could do some damage. Not saying they're ready to win it all, but they could definitely uh, do some damage. Sacramento Kings 28 36. Phoenix Suns 26 and 39 and now on to the east my favorite to win it all the Milwaukee Bucks the best team in basketball 53 and 12 the Toronto Raptors 46 and 18 Boston Celtics 43 and 21 another dark horse there Miami Heat 41 and 24 Indiana Pacers 39 and 26 Philadelphia 76ers another team with a big center A big talent pool there in Philadelphia. They could make a lot of noise. That's another team you might want to circle. Brooklyn Nets, 30 and 34. Magic 30 and 35, and pulling up the rear. The Washington Wizards at 24 and 40. The play-in tournament will include the number eight and number nine teams in a conference. If the ninth seed finishes the regular season within four games of the eighth, in that case, the number nine seed would then need to beat the number eight seed twice to earn the playoff berth, while the number eight would need one win from the two potential games. After that, the NBA will start its standard 16-team four-round postseason with the seeding counting for playoff standings. So if a player opts out, uh, if it doesn't fall into a situation where a player says is making $10 million a year, they'll lose roughly $108,000 per game for up to 14 games. So if you're making $10 million, you're going to lose $108,000 per game unbelievable meanwhile a growing fraction of nba players remains uncertain about committing to play in this situation kyrie irvin's already going on record trying to get other players not to play at all uh, of course bradley we just talked about he's not going to be there uh the timeline as we know june 15th players traveling outside the u.s will return to their area june 22nd all players return to team markets june 23rd head coaches can begin working out with players in voluntary workouts initial covid 19 testing begins in transaction in terms of uh, that window starts then june 24th the deadline for non-participating players to notify teams in order to be excused which is today as i said it's going to happen today and we've got uh, adrian wojohowski has uh, a comment on the situation with the denver nugget center and we're going to go to that right now here you go adrian wojohowski
0: this is the highest profile player in the league that we know now has tested positive, and uh, teams all over the league reported today they were all tested for the coronavirus. And you may see as tests come back tomorrow and the next day. You know, teams expect there's going to be uh, a significant batch of positive tests, and teams will be able to quarantine those players for a couple of weeks.
2: So a couple of weeks is what the uh, situation is in terms of a the quarantine. There's going to be some of that happening. You're looking at it, and it's a situation that is uh, ongoing, and it's going to be um, you know, a fluid deal as we talk about. Nikola Jokic, is who he was talking about referring to, the big center. Actually, not so big anymore. He's lost a lot of weight, and he has been remaining in the Serbia area according to ESPN he's expected to be cleared to travel to Denver within a week but he's been under quarantine and in a situation where you have to look at this and also then you look at their coach uh, Denver Nuggets coach Mike Malone had the coronavirus in March but wasn't informed of it until months later he told the CBS Denver uh, news team there in an interview on Monday so it's a situation you wonder about uh, you got Jokic averaging 20.2 points a game 6.9 assists and a field goal percentage of 52.8. So you wonder, you can't miss this guy. He's so vital to everything they do. But it's going to be interesting in terms of uh, the look of the Nuggets and uh, how they'll overcome that if he's unable to go right off the bat. So what's your take? 804-327-0888. Give us a call. Who do you think will win the world title in this shortened deal here. I've got my money on Giannis. I think that Bucks team, I've gone on record saying this is a team to watch, and they are built for this, and they've done it all year. I don't think they're going to let up now. They've been staying together. Great coaching, and I think they are built to win this title. Uh, we'll take your phone calls much, much more. And Cole Thompson coming up in the 11 o'clock hour, our NFL Insider, all that and more as the Wednesday edition of the Sports King rolls on.
5: Hi, this is Vince Papali, whose life was featured in the movie Invincible. You're listening to another guy who is invincible as
0: well, the sports king, Jamie King, on Sports 1061. Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, President and General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. We know the last few months have been, to say the least, a learning curve, from teaching your kids at home, to figuring out video conferences, or even remembering the right way to go down aisles. We had a lot to learn, and our dealership did too. After all, our goal has always been to make the car buying process easy for our customers. So when we couldn't serve you in person, we found a different solution, CMA's Easy Purchase. It's simple, all you have to do is head to CMA's ColonialHonda.com, select your vehicle, secure your financing, value your trade-in, and select the delivery location. And don't worry, we're always here to answer questions. If you'd like to complete it all online and you're not sure about something, give us a call and we can virtually walk you through it. Or you can take any of these steps in the dealership if that's more comfortable for you. CMA's Colonial Honda. Owners just do more. Visit CMA's ColonialHonda.com. Want
1: to reach the sports king? Call 804-327-0888. That's 804-327-0888.
2: everybody Wednesday edition hope you're having a great Wednesday wherever you are four corners of the world we're hearing from everybody thank you so much Tampa Florida now we go down to Ricky in Gulfport Mississippi welcome Ricky well hello coach King how are you well I am doing good
5: I'm sitting here in beautiful south Mississippi with a little overcast a little rain today okay football and baseball practice at a local high school
2: Fantastic, fantastic. Uh heard you guys had some wet weather down there. We certainly hope uh you get through it and come out the other side even better.
5: Oh yeah, we had a little storm come through but nothing nothing much. You know, it's uh nothing like the big mama we had about fifteen years ago.
2: Nothing like that. So what's on your mind today on the sports side?
5: Well, I, I'm hearing baseball's coming back, huh? Sixty game series.
2: Yes, uh, baseball is back. Uh, looks like June, July twenty third, July twenty fourth. Uh, they already said Caesar's Palace said it's going to be the Yankees or the Dodgers, the favorites. I'm kind of offended about my Nationals not being included. What about you? What do you think?
5: Well, I'm, you know, um, you know, when you got a skeleton uh, schedule like that, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of hard to please everybody. But I mean, it's good to, you know, see them back on the diamond. I'm just hoping that, you know, they. Take precautions and let the fans come back in. You know, um, we have several uh, major league players here in my local area that I've spoken to, and and uh, you know, one thing they don't want to do, they don't want to go in there with teddy bears in the stands, and and uh, you know, they you know, they, they energize off the fans. So I'm hoping, you know, the the fans will get the um, you know get the benefit of it.
2: You, of course, uh, you have kids down there. You're at high school today in terms of the practices, for football and baseball. How are you seeing things changing at that level in terms of the precautions on your end?
5: Well, you know, basically it's the, uh, you know, we've, uh, Mississippi has done a real good job um, with the Athletic Association letting these kids get back and getting some kind of workout. Um, you know, I haven't seen the totals today, but, you know, Mississippi, there's parts of Mississippi that's really taken a toll with the numbers, but, uh, you know, here on the Gulf coast, you know, they, you know, we, we're taking their temperatures and, um, you know, anything close, putting them to the side, letting the parents know, you know, Hey, go get your kid checked out. But so far, knock on wood, but, um, yeah, there's only been a very few minimum schools that's had to shut down, but yeah, there's, there's, there hasn't been a suspension, but about for two days, um, that I've heard of. So, you know, they, They've done a real good job in Mississippi, you know, taking precautions and, and um, you know, social distancing. And, uh, you know, it's weird out there, you know, only having, you know, you, you can only have 11 players on offense at a time. And then, you know, they practice for an hour and the defense comes and practices for an hour and that's 11 guys. And so, you, you know, the, that's the hardest part is picking and choosing who gets to, you know, who gets to, you know, train. So, and at what time of the day.
2: We're going to go on to something really important, and uh, I am amazed at this. Haven't had the opportunity to have it yet. I've seen some of your videos on Facebook. Let's talk about this crawfish situation. What's going on with this crawfish? How do you eat the crawfish? I'm still not sure. I love the shrimp, Uh, and I love the crabs and the crab legs. Give me the rundown on this crawfish phenomenon down there.
5: Well, you know, it's what they call it. They say pinch the tail and suck the head. Uh, you basically take your thumb and you slide the tail out, and when you slide the tail out, you got a piece of meat hanging out of it, and you stick that into your uh, front teeth and just slide the meat out, uh, nice and chewy. And you and once you get that down, you uh, all the juices are piled up in the head, so you stick that crawfish head in your mouth and just suck the juice away. Unbelievable! And that's where all have seen the,
2: that's where I, all your I've spices seen, are at. I've seen the pots you make there. you got the potatoes and all you spend hours creating this. I mean, it just looks incredible and, and it seems like something that you guys do quite often
5: oh yeah it's a it's a tradition. Um, you know you know uh, it's um, you know it's done every weekend um, you you take the you take the crawfish, put potatoes, onions, uh, corn, mushroom, uh, broccoli, just anything you want to throw in there it's like a trash can. Just pull it in crab boil and let it <laughs> boil for a couple hours, and um, man, you can, you know, you can you can have a party with some crawfish.
2: And, of course, uh, it was Ricky Cunningham. Folks, if you ever go to the Mississippi, you got to look up Ricky Cunningham. He's like the mayor of Mississippi. He knows everybody. And it was Ricky Cunningham that took me so far in the woods to Brett Farr's Broke Spoke. Never forget that trip there in the woods. I, the only thing missing were the, the deliverance banjos, I think. But, Ricky, I'm telling you what, <laughs> what a fun trip that was. And when you said it was something I would never see again, boy, you were right on the money of that place.
5: Well, you know, it's, uh, it's popular. I mean, people... You know, Brett Favre is, you know, raised right here in Kill, Mississippi, uh, which is right here on the Gulf Coast. And um, it's, you know, right north of Interstate 10 that runs from Jacksonville to Los Angeles. And uh, Brooks folks probably been there probably 100 years back when the moonshiners were running, you know, moonshine here on the Gulf Coast over from Louisiana all the way to Alabama up to Tennessee. Um, now it's more like a biker's bar. And uh, got a lot of tradition there. And when Brett played in the Super Bowl uh, here in New Orleans, um, you know, CBS, ESPN, and, and all the networks, you know, flocked to the broke spokes. So, you know, during that whole week, you had nothing but production trailers out there. And and so now you get folks from all over the nation that just, just comes in. And, uh, you know, they put their garnets on the wall and on the ceiling. And, and uh, so uh, – you know, it's, it's a it's a unique place,
2: Ricky. I've got a minute to go for a break, real quick. You got, uh, of course, uh, Mike Leach down there, Lane Kiffin, the two Mississippi new coaches down there. Who's going to get the better of it this year? Your take, real quick.
5: Well, well, I have to I have to go with my Bulldogs with Mike Leach. Um, you know, very positive. You know, it's got got the quarterback transferred in from Stanford, and you know they they call it the uh, air attack and things like that. So we're pretty excited. Uh, Lane is going to bring a lot of personality to the uh, to the uh, state, and it's already started. You know, with a lot of stuff they've made, they've been doing up at Ole Miss. But um, you know, we're really looking forward to it.
2: Thank you, Ricky. We really appreciate you, Dan, and go for Mississippi. Want to take a timeout? And come back. We've got Cole Thompson, our NFL insider, on the other side of the eleven o'clock hour. Don't go away.
3: Hi, everybody. It's Joe Moglia, the former head football coach of Coastal Carolina, as well as the chairman of the board of TD Ameritrade. You're listening to my friend Jamie King on the Sports King Show on Sports 106.1.
1: You're listening to a man whose yoga instructor asked him how flexible he was, and he replied that he couldn't do Tuesdays. It's the Sports King on Sports 106.1.
2: And welcome back, everybody. Wednesday morning edition of the Sports King. And we want to thank our callers from all over today. Tampa, Florida, Gulfport, Mississippi. And now we're going to head down south uh, to our NFL insider, Cole Thompson, who also writes for Pro Football Network. He can be followed at Mr. Cole Thompson. That is his Twitter handle. And, folks, don't forget, he also covers the Texas A&M Aggies as well. And let me start off with the college football news, Cole. I want to go through this with you a little bit. Uh, The return of athletes to facilities has been a rash of breakouts among colleges. Yesterday I broke the news about uh, the situation in Boise State shutting down their facility. Eight players testing positive, 23 at Clemson. Uh, The return now of players, there have been 30 players at LSU, have been quarantined after testing positive. And Coach Ogeron said on Tuesday, this is a new lay of the land. It's something we have to work through. I think our team and our guys are doing great. But here's where I am really bothered by the transparency or lack thereof. A lot of teams aren't even reporting this. And I think everybody needs to report it so we know what's out there. And We need to know as parents and administrators, uh, instead of keeping it quiet and not wanting to offend the public, you need to come out and say, here's what's happening with our players and so forth. Um, Kansas State had 14 athletes test positive. Overall, uh, USA Today Sports identified 37 universities with FBS programs, roughly a quarter of the FBS that have reported positive cases of COVID-19 where are we cole in terms of college football do you see this uh, you know working through this and getting to a playing situation or do you think this is an exercise in futility
3: you know i think that you're kind of in the middle ground right now because again you also could be saying oh they tested positive for covid 19 but they didn't give a dink when they tested positive for covid 19. those i think are things that kind of come back into playing factor because you have to be able to see did they test positive recently have they tested positive in the past 6 months have they tested po- like are they are, are they currently you know showing symptoms are they asymptomatic all those things will play a factor and I think right now going into the summer months seeing that more people are testing positive or less people are testing positive will give you a sign of how the NCAA football season will continue this upcoming year I think that no matter what you will see limited it's no fans at all. That's just going to be the the you know factor going into 2020. I'm not sure that you can see anyone else kind of around the facility. I don't think you'll see media be pretty prominent as you've seen in years past. So it's going to be a very confusing season, I think, for the NCAA right now, just because of there's a lot of current cases that are being dissected, but without actual knowledge and without actually knowing what's going on. I, I think that you're kind of in a middle ground. If, it's, if it spikes, again, I don't see the NCAA having a season with fans, if a season at all. But if it stays at this, the worst that it happens is you either have a shortened season or a season without fans.
2: Yeah, Cole, I, I just don't know. I mean, I love the fact and the optimism, and I think we can have a season if we can get through this in terms of players being uh, allowed to stay in a bubble-type environment, but I don't see how they can interact without this kind of acting like that wildfire effect if a couple people catch it and then all of a sudden the team gets totally wiped down or maybe some key players do, and then it'll affect so much, not only on the wagering side but the health side, everything in between. I mean, you've got uh, a lot of money on these games in a lot of different ways, and then you've got beyond that, you got the health factors, you've got all the aspects with the administration, lawsuits, fans effect, the whole nine yards. There's so many different variables here, but when you look at the fans and the fact that you said maybe a season goes on, but without fans. Now, we know the White House, their press corps all has face mask, and i'm sure you as being a member of the press when you go to texas a&m you'll have to wear it among others in terms of a new new normal if you will but if they don't have fans how can they survive and how can football as a whole at these major universities we know some of the bigger ones can do it because they've got money in the coffers but d2 d3 and beyond how can they survive when so much is dependent upon the football money from driven from the ticket sales
3: You know, that's a good question, and there's really not a direct answer for that. I think because of you look at these smaller programs, they bank, and not only that, the city has a whole bank on football being a part of it. I went to college in the University of Alabama, and I can tell you right now, Tuscaloosa made their money during college football Saturday. So without that and having social distancing involved and having, you know, all those little factors kind of play a big part into the ultimate decision, that could hurt not only the university, but also the town that the university is functioning in. Uh, Again, I I, I get the betting thing, but at the same time, you don't stop the game because a player who's a star has a, you know, has a freak injury. It's it's a shame, but it's just part of the game. You have to roll the punches with it. So I don't think that's really a factor right now, but I do think that health is a giant concern, but at the same time, so is the economic structure that goes with it. And, if this is the case where we do see football without fans, you could start seeing the death of several programs for a couple of years just because of they will not have the funds and the revenue to be able to provide the, uh, the, the living stability and the, the academic funding as well as the you know, proper nutrients funding for these players to come to the facility, join the staff, and be a part of the long-term process.
2: Yes, and uh I agree with you there. Uh you know, I'm looking through some of the top teams. Notre Dame for instance, Cole tested 91 football players, 50 staff members, only one player tested positive. So that's a great sign there. Uh that was announced Monday of 117 athletes tested by Wisconsin, two came back with a positive result and of course they'll be quarantine. So there've been small outbreaks, but my question to you is how do you have a college experience? How do you basically, uh, you know, go through a college experience when you have to be around other players, other people and trying to get through like the class environment, if you will, or will the players, have you heard anything about the players being, uh, taught maybe in that bubble effect where they don't have the opportunity to interact and get the college experience, but maybe they just stay in their dorm. And we do know over the Thanksgiving break, they've already been talked to about saying that uh, we're going to basically, uh, you know, when you're away from the facility, we're going to do some things. We're going to be online testing and things like that to try to mitigate the the meeting of people. Uh, but do you see it more in that kind of bubble effect where they just stay on campus in a certain dorm, a football dorm, and stay away from the rest of the public?
3: You know, everyone I've spoken to just in, in small quarters says that there's not a bubble effect going on right now. Now, there could be. Stricter limitations. There could be, you know, a, a time limit you could have a chance to only eat meals inside of your own facility at the work complex. You may have a curfew. You may have all those things. Uh, but right now, there's no guarantee, there's no set law in place where a bubble effect will be the factor for these players. And even then, there's no guarantee because of what you would also have to do is you'd have to have the coaches also be in a bubble effect. They could not leave and go home to their families. And then if one of their kids Say one of their kids tested positive, they would be spreading the virus that way as false. So the bubble effect idea, as uh, Dr. Fauci brought up for the NFL, in theory really works. But that also has to work with every single person employed or working for the facilities at the collegiate or the NFL level. They all have to be in a bubble effect. And if that's not the case, I don't see the bubble effect working at all.
2: You're down in Texas and the big news, of course, yesterday, uh, of course, we've heard the uh, up and down with Jerry Jones, Dak Prescott. He finally signs the tender deal, $31.4 million for the one year. How much do you think was that wanting to get back and prove himself versus holding out for the big, big money? And how much of a role did the Red Rifle, Andy Dalton, being there ready to take over that team if he held out too long? It was a situation where he really couldn't play that hand too much further.
3: You know, I think that overall, you look at Prescott and you look at what he's done in his past four years. He's much deserving of a contract extension, especially being a fourth-round pick. I think that that thirty-one point four million franchise tender is a good deal for this season, and I think that that's roughly around what he should be making per season if he continues to be as productive as he has been. I don't see it spreading much more, though. I think that anywhere between thirty-one to thirty-two million is exactly what he needs to be paid. And that's going to be what goes into contract negotiations before the July 15th deadline. After that, I think that when you look at what Dallas was able to do this past off season, they went out and got Tyler Biotis to play the new center role. I really like to pick up a C.D. Lamb. I think that a lot of the draft picks that they have in place from this draft will make them a stalwart team. I think Andy Dalton could have came in and at least been a 9-7, and 10-6 win starter for this Cowboys offense. So... Again, I, I definitely think that it was the right call, and I'm glad that they're working towards a deal. But I've written I've said multiple times, I think that the way the office is built, Andy Dalton could be successful, and this could actually hurt Jack in the long term. So now, depending on what he gets paid, this is going to be a big storyline to follow, especially now with the new CBA rules that says if you sit out, you will be fined up to $40,000 a day. So he doesn't win in this deal at all.
2: Our special guest, Cole Thompson. You can follow him at Mr. Cole Thompson, his Twitter handle. He writes for the Pro Football Network and covers also the Texas A&M Aggies. Continuing our coverage this morning on the NFL. Uh, very, very scary situation for Las Vegas Raiders tight end Nick Leary. He had surgery to clear 100% blockage to his heart last month. He's expected to make a full recovery, hopes to resume his football career next season. Of course, the former Florida State star had an angioplasty May 19th to reduce 100% blockage of an artery uh, the very of course life-threatening situation they were able to find this there was no damage done to his heart he should be able to return uh and looking at O'Leary what a what a great story that this had a very successful outcome but boy had he as he said if I got cut I could have just bled out it could have been really bad so good news there what are you hearing overall on the Raiders front brand new stadium brand new uh out there it seems like things are really on the upswing they got some great picks what do you look for from this Raiders group this year
3: I think it's the offense taking that next step. That's going to be the biggest thing. Derek Carr is going into a prove it year because if they were to release him after this year, the team would save, I think, $7.4 million with only one year left on the contract. Uh, they'd be able to move on and find their quarterback of the future, and maybe it would be Marcus Mariota who would want his own Ryan Tannehill resurgence with Las Vegas. But they went out and they were able to go get him a couple more weapons, to pair with Tyrell Williams and Darren Waller. The Henry Ruggs pick will be a perfect Z-formation guy. I really like Brian Edwards to play that split-end role and give Tyrell Williams kind of a run for the money. They added Lynn Bowden Jr., who is a great kind of do-it-all player, wide receiver, running back, return specialist kind of guy. So pairing him, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Henry Ruggs, this should be a more vitalized and improved Raiders offense that should be able to take the next step. The only problem is, if they finish seven and nine, how much can you blame Derek Carr at this point? Because of every other team in the AFC West made immediate moves that uh, should make the AFC West one of the more dangerous divisions in the NFL.
2: I agree, and it's a, absolutely, this stadium, if you have a chance, go online and look it up. It's unbelievable, the optics of this beautiful stadium there in Las Vegas. is going to be incredible. Uh, locally, the Washington Redskins are removing the name of founding owner George Preston Marshall. They're doing that from the Ring of Fame. That was reported yesterday. Marshall was the last NFL owner to integrate this team's roster, of course, waiting until 1962 to do so. So they had the statue removed there. Of course, uh, the great news was that uh, over the weekend, Bobby Mitchell, the uh, legend who passed away, uh, his number 49 will be retired, the first black player to join the organization, and rightfully so, he had an outstanding career. And now the report is there's more and more pressure on Dan Snyder to change the name. I've gone on record here. He's never going to do it, folks. I'm telling you, as long as he's owner, He has steadfastly said, this is my team. This is the name. It's not going to change. Are you hearing anything to the contrary or pretty much it's going to be uh, the status quo there in D.C.?
3: You know, I feel like at this point, even if I hear anything, it doesn't mean anything. Dan Snyder has all the power to either change the name or keep the name, and it doesn't seem like he's in any rush to change the name. It hasn't been for quite some time. I think it's a great move to remove the former owner, the last, uh, last owner in the NFL, to add segregation to the league. I very much like that they added Bobby Mitchell. I think outside, uh, uh, outside of a very few select players, Bobby Mitchell is one of the biggest names that, you know, would probably belong in, in, in the Redskins Hall of Fame, outside of maybe Doug Williams. So I think that everything that Dan Snyder is doing is trying to take the, you know, the commotion away from the Redskins name. I personally am for changing it. I understand that there's history behind it, but, at the end of the day, Snyder has all the power to either make the change or not. And even if it's a petition beside, I don't think anyone under the Snyder re- regime will allow him to change the name. So until you see a new owner, I think of this is a mute point.
2: And uh, moving on to Steel City, Pittsburgh Steeler quarterback Ben Roethlisberger opened up this week talking about a past addiction to both alcohol and pornography and that he's been going through some tough times in the past, but he's... Said that he's grown, he's evolved as a player, and he's coming forward and trying to get things out, telling people that I'm not perfect, I've been addicted, and it makes me uh, not the best husband, not the best father. And he's been rebaptized, and it's a rebirth for him. He's saying there in Pittsburgh course he's been accused twice of sexual assault the nfl suspended him for six games back in 2010 for violating the league's personal conduct policy a two-time super bowl champion of course is uh, married back in 2011 he has three children uh he's trying to definitely move forward with his life and he's back now healthy for the first time in a long time where is this pittsburgh Steelers team right now what are you feeling about this uh you can't ever count a team with Ben Roethlisberger in the lineup out. Of course, Mike Tomlin saying that they're going to be better this year, they're going to be stronger, and they're going to make a serious run. Do you, again, see the Steelers as a serious contender this year for a world championship?
3: You know, it's tough because of, I think that the, the the starting point in the AFC North is going to be Baltimore. Baltimore is going to be that team that everyone's going to follow after a 14-2 and two season and a tremendous drop by Eric DaCosta and a, a fabulous offseason by DaCosta, too. He's really earned some stripes for what he's been able to do. But again, Pittsburgh's defense was a top seven defense last year. They were number four in rushing. They were number six in pass defense. So overall, they're still a top ten unit who made a ton of great moves. I really like to make a Fitzpatrick pick. And they weren't going to be able to get a guy with Fitzpatrick skills at pick number eighteen in the draft. Adding in Devin Bush to the linebacker core was a must-have after the uh, unfortunate injury that happened to Ryan Shazier. And as long as the offense retools and rebounds under the likes of Ben Roethlisberger with rising star Deontay Johnson, uh, you have a rebound year for Gigi Smith-Schuster. You continue the progression of James Washington. I also really like to pick up a Chase Claypool in that flex tight end type role. I think that's going to be a very nice pickup to go alongside Vance McDonald. Pittsburgh is, I think, at best, an 11-win team. And they definitely, I think, will be a wild-card playoff contending team. Now, do I think that they will win the division? Maybe not, and that could hurt them on the way to a title championship, to Super Bowl down in Tampa, but they are, I think, a very solid team. And think about this. Last year, they won eight games with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. They're at least, I think, at 10 games with Ben Roethlisberger, if he can stay healthy all sixteen.
2: The NFL has reportedly stated that if there are no fans in attendance, they will lose up to $3 billion if fans are unable to attend. I know they're trying to work through that right now. Do you think right now, and of course uh, on this date, if we're looking at it on June 24th, do you see, and you mentioned the possibility of playing without fans at the college level, do you see the NFL having fans in any way, shape, or form? Or right now are you saying no to fans as well in the NFL
3: it's decided state by state, and eventually I think the NFL will have to step in. I don't think that you will see fans right now. I, I just think because of the second spike that is expected to happen, plus you've already seen states like my own in Texas have a second wave of COVID-19 kind of come through, where even with 50% of restaurants open and 50% of bars open. It still is at a higher level. So as of right now, I think that you have to start seeing that number decrease even more or you have to be able to see a vaccine or some type of preventable cause in process before you would start seeing fans enter the stadium. I also think it would be an unfair advantage for states like Texas and possibly Louisiana, which has some restrictions but are a little bit more open to the public to have fans in the stands while teams in New York, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia would be empty stadiums. So in the end, I think Roger Goodell and the the staff, They're either going to have to allow every team to have some capacity or no capacity, and the way the states are building up right now, I just don't see any team having fans.
2: I've been getting a lot of calls and texts from Bears fans, the Chicago area, wanting to know if it will be Mitch Trubisky, and I think that experiment is done. Uh, Or Nick Foles, a guy that's an established Super Bowl winner and a guy that knows how to win the big games, is it done for Trubisky? Is his time over in Chicago? Do you expect there to be a big competition, or do you think it's going to be, hands down, Nick Foles under center week one?
3: No, it's not done at all, in my personal opinion. And and there's several people that I've spoken to about this that say it will be a competition at least to begin the year. Now, uh, they're not saying if Nick Foles will be the starter week one, if he will play by week six, Week 8, he is expected to see snaps with the first-team offense without a doubt, but I don't think Ryan Pace is going to give up on Trimisky just yet. I think the entire process and the, the Pace legacy will be based off this pick, so he is not ready to give up and move on from the from him just yet. But having Foles, competition, someone who has been a solidified back, who can make his mark as a at least quality locker room presence maybe it could be the push that gives Trubisky that edge and allows him to thrive in year four. I think by the end, he will not be the starting quarterback, but I do think that he will start the year under center.
2: One final question for you, Cole, before we go to break. Uh, in terms of the biggest story you're watching now, you got Tom Brady, of course, getting it done down there, practicing in the heat. We had a call earlier today saying he's at the local high school daily, getting it done. What are you watching out there? What's something that fans should really keep their eyes on, a story maybe that you've been watching that's been under the radar, one that you kind of have your eye on, and you said you really better watch this because it's really something to, to keep your eye on?
3: Well, I mean, Jamal Adams would be the one that I would keep my eye on the most because you want to know what is going to be the trade value for the star safety who wants $20 million. But under the radar one, I think it's Colin Kaepernick. I really do. I think since Anthony Lynn's comments on him saying that Kaepernick should be on a roster, should be at least given a tryout, you're going to start seeing teams, I think, make that phone call and see if they want to bring him in. Now, will Colin Kaepernick ever suit up in an NFL jersey again? I'm not sure on that, but what I can tell you is I think that the biggest thing that's been keeping Kaepernick still in the spotlight is him having an actual workout with a team that is scheduled by his agent and the team facility with the GM. Now that does not mean he will shoot up again in any uniform. He will be in training camp, but just don't keep a keep a close eye on both the Las Vegas Raiders and I think the Los Angeles Chargers. Mark uh, Mark Davis has said multiple times he has no problem bringing in Kaepernick under his staff, and I think that Anthony Lynn's comments say that they would be at least considering him. I think he will at least get one more workout before he either decides to call it a career or come back and play at age 32. All
2: right. He is Cole Thompson, NFL expert. You can follow him at Mr. Cole Thompson, writes for Pro Football Network and covers the Texas A&M Aggies. He's our insider. Cole, we thank you again for all of your insight.
3: Thanks for having me.
2: Uh, Cole Thompson, and we're going to take time out and come back. We're going to talk about Bubba Wallace and the new situation, of course. Uh, it turned out it did not happen as uh, many thought it went down, and uh, Bubba Wallace is has uh, had his credibility in question. Guys are attacking him, and, and it's just not right. is what's happening to him. We're going to go over all that and much, much more, plus your phone calls as Sports King rolls on Wednesday morning.
5: Hi, this is three-time Super Bowl champion number 71 of the Washington Redskins defensive end, Charles Mann, and you're listening to the Sports King Show live on Sports 106.1. Don't go away. He'll be right back.
2: Hi, it's the sports king, Jamie King, and I'm here to offer you truly life-changing advice. If you or someone you know suffers from foot pain, don't delay. Take immediate action and visit the podiatry centers of Dr. Paul Ross with two offices to serve you, Bethesda, Maryland, and Springfield, Virginia. I know firsthand he changed my life and totally restored my foot. He will do the same for you. That's the podiatry center of Dr. Paul Ross. For more information, go to paulrossdpm.com. That's paulrossdpm.com.
0: Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, President and General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. Our goal has always been to make the car buying process easy. So when we couldn't serve you in person, we found a different solution. CMA's Easy Purchase. It's simple. All you have to do is head to CMA's select your vehicle, secure your financing, value your trade-in, and select the delivery location. CMA's Colonial Honda. Owners just do more. Visit CMA's
1: You're listening to the man who thinks that Velcro is nothing more than a ripoff. The Sports King on Sports 106.1.
2: on the Wednesday edition of The Sports King. About a half hour left in the show. Time for you to get your calls in. Please do. 804-327-0888 is the number. 804-327-0888 is the number. We'd love to hear from you on this midweek edition of The Sports King. And we've got a lot to cover, of course, uh, we've heard from uh, Gulfport, Mississippi. We've heard from Tampa, Florida. A lot of things happening uh, throughout the sports world. And, of course, baseball is back. Our top story of the day, baseball is back. The July 23rd, July 24th should be the start date. We'll talk more about that. Take your phone calls. Once again, 804-327-0888 is the number. And we want to turn our attention to NASCAR now. Of course, Bubba Wallace is, quote, relieved, and quote, by the FBI finding that no Crime is uh, in play in the noose that was found in his garage area. And he has now been, uh, and he's getting attacked left and right. Some people are saying, is this a Jesse Smollett situation where he's making things up to try to bring attention to himself, folks? This isn't the case. This, this is a good guy. He is a class guy. Uh, he just responded to something that happened That is, one thing has nothing to do with the other. So please don't, uh, don't hold anything against the young man. He is just doing and reacting to things that he saw. Uh, and was told basically he didn't see it immediately, but he was told this. And uh, based on the information he gathered, he said there hopefully will be some uh, pictures of what happened. But he felt it was a situation that occurred last night. He appeared on CNN. And let's listen to his take on the situation. And you decide for yourself.
6: This will not break me. None of the the, the allegations of, of being a hoax will, will will break me or tear me down. Will it piss me off. Absolutely. But that only fuels the competitive drive in me to shut everybody up to get back out on the racetrack next weekend in Pocono, and showcase what i can do behind the wheel under tremendous amounts of bs whatever it is you want to say um you won't break me you won't tear me down again i will still stand proud of where i'm at
2: You will not tear him down. The driver of the 43 car, Bubba Wallace, uh, the FBI said Tuesday had determined that the news found in Wallace's garage at the Talladega Speedway in Alabama was a pull rope That has been placed there and been there since 2019, long before the stall was assigned to Wallace. So they're saying no harm, no foul. This wasn't intended for him. This is much ado about nothing. Wallace said Wednesday that the FBI told him the garage pole had been fashioned in the shape of a noose, albeit not a functioning one. He went on to say the photo evidence I've seen and have in my possession shows it was a garage pole that was a noose. And uh, my producer, Ben Maitland, said he's seen various ropes throughout garage areas uh, through his time. And I'm not saying this was intentional or non-intentional. I don't know. wasn't there. didn't see it. But uh, Wallace went on to say, I don't know when we'll get to the point when we'll release the images that were uh, basically taken in terms of the photos. It's alerting, and it makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up, Wallace went on to say. It was definitely in the shape of a noose. It wasn't a functioning noose, Wallace said. So review of security video following the discovery of the news at the racetrack showed that it had been put up months earlier, according to a joint statement by both the U.S. Attorney's Office and the FBI. Wallace was assigned the garage space only last week, a development that nobody could have known about in 2019, the statement said. So, on Monday, 15 FBI special agents conducted numerous interviews regarding the situation at Talladega Super Speedway. The statement said, after a thorough review of the facts and evidence surrounding this event, we've concluded that there is no federal crime at this time that was committed. NASCAR confirmed Tuesday that photographic evidence showed the garage door pull rope was fashioned like a noose and had been positioned in the stall as recently as last fall. So, basically, this was before the 43-team's arrival. Wallace said the noose was first reported to him by NASCAR president Steve Phelps as Ben Maitland had mentioned to me earlier on the show and uh, Phelps went on to say I want to be clear about the 43 team the 43 team had nothing to do with this the evidence is very clear and noose was in the garage and had been previously in the garage NASCAR will continue an internal investigation as to why a rope was fashioned into a noose at all Phelps said and uh, so this is a big uh, we hope uh, mistake and uh, nothing happened in terms of this uh, in terms of bad intentions but I will say this uh, Wallace tweeted and retweeted the picture of the moving image just ahead of the drain delayed Geico 500 at Talladega Super Speedway in Alabama with one word that uh, was captioned together. And folks, no matter what happened there, whether it was intentional or not, and everybody there, FBI, says it wasn't, the fact that the NASCAR community still, no matter what, came together and supported this young man, who is by all accounts an outstanding young man, people I've talked to, they've talked to him and know him. Uh, there's no ill will here. It's a good thing for NASCAR, a good thing for the world in a time where everything's coming apart. The fact that they're coming together to support Bubba Wallace shows they only support him they support his race. They're together in this together, and they don't want anything to happen to him or him to feel uncomfortable in any way, shape, or form. And then the King Richard Petty, at 80-plus years of age, showing up to show the solidarity of his team, and he says, I want to be there for my driver. What's your take about this? 804 327 We've got Major League Baseball kicking back off. We're so excited about that. The baseball world is back. I'm wearing my Nationals gear today. I cannot wait. And I have gone on record. I'm a little disappointed that Caesars Palace has said the Dodgers and Yankees, of course, the two big payrolls out there, they are the front runners to win a world title. No mention at all of the world champion, Washington Nationals. So I'm a little ticked off, to be honest with you. What about you, 804 327 0888? Where is your team at? What do you think? I just think a uh, strike-shortened season, which this isn't, but we've had strikes before. We've had shortened uh, seasons in the past. You're looking at this. It's going to be the team that gets off to the best start and can play the best and pitch the best and obviously get timely hitting. But in a national setting, you've got a great front line of pitchers, but you wonder if that void at third base, uh, it's going to be able to be filled enough to help the Nationals recapture the flag again. We don't know that. But it's a situation that we're going to watch. But uh, they cannot do what they did last year. They got off to a miserable slow start, came on like gangbusters at the end. They cannot afford this. So I think if David Martinez says something, I hope you enjoyed the offseason. I hope you had the opportunity to enjoy your world title. We didn't get to enjoy it as much as we all wanted to. But the fact you're still world champs in order to keep those rings and keep that world title here in the district. We're going to have to get off to a much faster start. We're going to have to play from day one and get this thing done and really have a sense of urgency. He's got to do that because this team cannot afford another repeat of last year where it got off to such a slow start. So that's the news there. Really exciting that Major League Baseball is back. What's your take? 804-327-0888. Are you happy? And how do you feel about your team in terms of baseball? The fact that we won't have to watch any more uh, late-night 2 a.m. Korean baseball we can watch uh the American baseball product as it is of course 60 games 66 days it is going to be a free for all it is going to be absolutely exciting it's going to be something that we're going to have a lot of excitement about because it's going to be fast and furious, and you can't say anymore when you call in the show, I've got nothing to watch. I can't see it because you're going to have a baseball overload. And then on top of that, you got the NBA. We just had the Belmont. It's going to be 105 days until the next race in the horse racing's triple crown. So there's going to be some gaps and some things changing. The Masters being played on November 9th weekend. I mean, you've got all kinds of different changes to everything, but baseball in a condensed version of 60 games, 66 days it's a run for the roses i mean these guys are just going to get after it from day one and you are going to have an overload so if you're a sports fan with the nba coming back to uh, disneyland and they're getting going so much is happening and so much is absolutely uh uh going to be exciting and it's going to say basically who can stay healthy who can get timely pitching timely hitting and get off to a fast start because you get one of these teams that starts off you know 0-5, 0-6, 0-7, 0-5, 0-6, 0-7, you're really going to dig yourself in a hole that you may not be able to get out of. Uh, reports are out of Colorado that all-star outfielder uh, – we love this guy, Chuck Nasty, they call him, is the nickname. Charlie Blackman of the Colorado Rockies has become the first Major League Baseball player known to have tested positive for the coronavirus, according to reports. A source confirmed Blackman's test result to the Associated Press. The Denver Post had first reported Blackman's condition, saying Tuesday the three Rockies players had tested positive, which was confirmed by ESPN, the outstanding baseball writer, Jeff Passant, who's been all over these uh Tense negotiations. Of those three players that have tested positive, two were asymptomatic and one showed symptoms, according to the post, Blackman also known as Chuck Nasty, is a wartime all-star slugger who hit 314, 32 home runs, and 86 RBIs last season. He turns 34 years of age on July 1st, the day players are set to begin reporting for the resumption of spring training. Baseball's Commissioner Rob Manfred, of course, imposed a 60-game season on Tuesday, and after the financial negotiations fell apart between owners and players, the season has been delayed. We know that, but it's going to begin on either July 23rd or July 24th. We don't know uh, the opening day schedule yet. We can't wait to release that to you and talk about that. It's going to be exciting, man. I cannot wait to watch Major League Baseball. It's going to be different, there's going to be changes, but baseball is back. And uh, the situation there with Charlie Blackman, you're talking about a key figure for that Rockies offense, and he's a guy that stirs a drink for them. He's one of their best players, Nolan Arenado, the other guy, uh, in terms of the big boppers in that lineup. But Charlie Blackman is their clutch player, and they've got to have that guy in the lineup. And the fact that he is tested positive, hopefully he'll be cleared and ready to resume activities soon but a situation that is fluid on going there. But it's going to be a situation with all of what's happening with baseball that they have finally cleared the hurdles to start up and uh, players are returning to the lineup. Uh, here it is, the 24th. They are reporting on July 1st. So, we're just shy of uh, the nation's birthday, they'll be back. But as we said earlier in the show, uh, there's going to be some radical changes. The National League will use a designated hitter, extra innings teams will be uh, having a runner on second base. In the extra inning game. So, you're going to see some things that are going to say, well, what's going on here? They're going to automatically put that player at second base, and that's going to happen in the extra inning situation. Uh, The trade deadline will be August 31st, less than a month before the regular season is scheduled to end. The rosters will start at 30 men for the first two weeks and then go to 28 for the next two weeks and stay at 26 for the rest of the season. Teams will have a taxi squad that will allow them to have as many as 60 players available. Of major league games. Now, if the coronavirus was to hit, you have the 60 players available, so you have a pool to pick from. There will be a COVID 19 injured list. This is something you're going to start seeing both in college, pros, everywhere. You're going to start hearing about these COVID 19 injured lists with no minimum or maximum length of time spent on it. While standard injured list stints will be for 10 days, and the typical 60 day stint will instead last for 45 days. So it's a situation that's ongoing as far as the money. The players never budge from their stance. We know that. They will receive in total around $1.5 billion, about 37% of their full season salaries. Players will not receive forgiveness on the $170 million salary advance they received as part of a March agreement. And they are owed no bonus money from the postseason. Two items that the league had offered as part of the deal that included the players rubber stamping, expanding the playoff from 10 to 16 teams. The players, we know, saw the 70-game season. They had to settle for 60, in which they would receive $50 million in playoff revenue and a cut from 2021 of the new money from TV rights. So the big money here for owners and players is going to come predominantly from the TV money. And let's be honest about it. The fact that we get to watch something on TV, the rating should be through the roof. So uh, they're going to get a lot of their money back in terms of uh, money being spent. It's a situation that is going to be exciting from a standpoint of the folks getting paid off of the TV money, but the money from the revenue for the fans is going to be a total loss. So they have to get as much as they can from TV and the television rights. But I will tell you this, a lot of folks like the yes network and uh, the various leagues out there that and teams that have their own private television situations, A lot of extra money will be made there, and they'll try to make as much as they can to offset some of what's being lost through the actual loss of people not going to the stadiums to actually watch and also drink the beer and eat the food and uh, buy the merchandise. These things, is going to be total losses there. So they got to make it back somehow, some way. The New York Yankees, as we have said, and the Los Angeles Dodgers open up as 7-2 favorites to win the World Series. No mention of the world champion Washington Nationals. Very upsetting to me. The Houston Asterix, are third favorites at 11-1, and, and those guys are in for it. If they think by any way, shape, or form, that fans have forgotten about what they've done, they are sadly mistaken. And that doesn't matter where they go, where they play, they're going to be booed vociferously because people are sick and tired of the Astros and what they did to cheat the game. How they can go off ahead of the Washington Nationals as favorites as the third favorite team to win a world title, I just don't get it. I know they uh, lost Garrett Cole, they lost some pieces, but they are a team that really, uh, with Dusty Baker there, uh, they better hope that – Uh, They don't get it as bad as I think they're going to get it because I just think fans are just going to bombard them from day one when they return. But baseball, the best news of all today I have for you folks after months and months and months of nothingness, July 23rd, July 24th, go write it on your calendar. Baseball is back, and we couldn't be happier. And as Ernie Banks used to say, let's play too. And, uh, boy, missed miss the days of Harry Carey and all the great Cubs games. But, man, I tell you, to have baseball back, I couldn't be more excited. Going to take a timeout, come back the Final 15, take your phone calls as well, 804-327-0888. You're listening to Sports King on a Wednesday, uh, Wednesday edition, and we couldn't be happier because baseball, we can finally say, is officially back.
0: Hi, this is Philadelphia Eagles All-Pro running back Brian Westbrook and you're listening to the Sports King Show on Sports 106.1. Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, President and General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. We know the last few months have been, to say the least, a learning curve. From teaching your kids at home, to figuring out video conferences, or even remembering the right way to go down aisles. We had a lot to learn, and our dealership did too. After all, our goal has always been to make the car buying process easy for our customers. So when we couldn't serve you in person, we found a different solution. CMA's Easy Purchase. It's simple. All you have to do is head to CMA's select your vehicle, secure your financing, value your trade-in, and select the delivery location. And don't worry, we're always here to answer questions. If you'd like to complete it all online and you're not sure about something, Give us a call and we can virtually walk you through it. Or you can take any of these steps in the dealership if that's more comfortable for you. CMA's Colonial Honda. Owners just do more. Visit CMA's The Sports King
1: studio line is now open. If you got a sports question, thoughts on your mind about your favorite team, we'd love to hear from you at 804-327-0888. That's 804-327-0888.
2: And welcome back. Wednesday edition baseball back, baby. You got to love it. I love it. We all love it. No more Korean baseball at 2 a.m. for me. I'm going to try to get some sleep and watch some real baseball. Coming up, July 23rd, July 24th. Players report on July 1st. And my man, Ben Maitland, of course, you know him. You love him. He's in the command center, always with the breaking news news. During the break, let me know that uh, moments ago we found out that both uh, Graham McDowell uh, will not play this week. Uh, Of course, uh, there's a situation going on where uh, Graham McDowell withdraws from the Travelers' Championship after his caddy has tested positive for for the coronavirus, and also Brooks Koepka's caddy has tested positive for the coronavirus, so neither will play in the Travelers' Championship also Cameron Champ another golfer had tested positive this on the heels of Nick Watney being the first player to test positive so these guys are uh basically you know feeling good mentally but they're very upset in terms of the fact they're going to not only miss the tournament they they got to go home and self quarantine now and uh, they're going home to be with their family and quarantine them And uh, basically, stay from their family as well. They're going to basically be isolated for the foreseeable future. And uh, McDowell tested uh, negative for the COVID 19 on Monday and told Golf Week that he's been asymptomatic for the virus. His longtime caddy, Ken Comboy, began experiencing symptoms last week and tested positive on Tuesday, McDowell told Golf Week. McDowell missed the cut at last week's PGA Tour event in South Carolina after attending a friend's funeral with Comboy on June 15th. I've been a few, uh, he said he went through a huge amount of emotional and mental toughness the past couple weeks. And it's been a few months. Uh, basically he's trying to get back in the swing and then this happens. Uh, but it's one of those situations where you have to take care of himself and make sure everybody is going to be safe around him. So Graham McDowell, but uh, Brooks Kepka are out of the travelers championship. And that is a situation that we'll keep you up to date on. And this is on Wednesday. So we do know that uh, the big news today <clears throat> major league baseball coming back July 23rd July 24th we're excited about that 60 games 66 days the run for the roses is there also the nba rosters if you're a fan of the nba you will Find out today who is going to play, which may be as important as who's not going to play. Because if you think your team has a chance to win it in this 22-game field, you may or may not be accurate because when you look at your team in total, you'll have to say, is this roster built to win it all? Or is it a roster that has missing pieces that can't win it all? Because at the end of today, when they submit everything, you'll look at the roster and say, okay, I'm missing a guard, I'm missing a forward. In cases like the Lakers, Dwight Howard has said he may not play at all, which is a center in a six-man position that they miss a guy now with rebounding, a guy that can come in and spell AD and do some big things on the board and score inside. So you lose potentially a Dwight Howard out of that Lakers team, it could be kind of a very tough loss for them overall. That's why uh, I'm in the situation I'm in as far as Milwaukee Bucks, feeling that they're going to be the most cohesive group. And I think most of the Bucks have said they're going to show up. I haven't heard of any defections just yet. And their coach, uh, Budenhauser, has done a great job. And I think they're going to be in a situation that uh, is overall going to be uh, the best uh, in terms of this situation in Orlando to go ahead and make a run at it. So watch those bucks. That's who I really feel and have felt is not only best team, but I think that they are going to be the team to really watch in terms of getting off to a fast start in this shortened situation overall. So the situation there, baseball's back, NBA, will find out today. We found out today, uh, Tom Brady, of course, working hard down in Tampa. And of course, uh, we had caller, Kevin talking about uh, the governor down there with the situation going on there and all kinds of things, the bubble Wallace situation we found out, uh, was not, uh, intentional evidently, but he felt it was still shaped like a noose. And I know a lot of people are going after him right now, uh, questioning his credibility. He appeared on some, uh, some top shows last night talking about it saying, Hey, don't blame me. I'm just uh, reporting what happened. And, uh, it's a situation that, uh, no matter what we are feeling on the whole stance of the thing, the best thing that came out of it, was the fact that the NASCAR community rallied together and showed unity in a time where we really needed it and they were really professional about it. So irregardless of what happened, the fact that really good things did come from it and the conversation started and uh, you saw all of the NASCAR community get behind Wallace He's a good guy, folks. So out there, I'm asking you to please give the young man a chance. Don't bash him for something that came into his lap and he just responded to it. Uh, You know, he's a good guy. He's a quality young man. And he's trying to do the very best he can out there in the NASCAR community. And he deserves uh, support from everyone. And uh, so many people are trying to take pot shots at him now. Uh, He didn't create this mess. It fell in his lap, as I said, and he's done a great job in terms of responding to it. So, uh, staying classy and doing the right thing. So those are some of your top stories, of course, baseball number one. And I tell you what, uh, uh, Ben's a huge Atlanta Braves fan. I know he's excited in the studio. I'm excited here, uh, for the Washington nationals. Can we overcome what we have in front of us? We have the pitching. But do we have the timely hitting? Of course, you take Anthony Rendon out of that lineup, and it is going to be something that uh, is not easily replaced. But then you look at the LA Angels, and now you got Mike Trout, you've got uh, Anthony Rendon, you've got lineup power throughout the Angels. Another team you have to watch because of their power. And you don't lose an Anthony Rendon and say it's easily replaceable. Just not. He's a guy that was a vacuum at third base, a guy that was always steady, always confident, never showed any emotion, but was always there when you needed. The most so Anthony Rendon's loss will be huge for the Nationals. Hopefully, not huge enough that will cause us to basically, uh, uh, you know, miss any real key series throughout this. But we hope that uh, Rendon's uh, were able to somehow overcome his loss and play well throughout this sixty-game schedule. And I know Ben back in the studio has a note he'd like to pass along. Go ahead, Ben.
6: Yeah, we mentioned this. Uh- yesterday during the show, Jamie, and we want to mention it again today, and we'll likely do the same tomorrow and Friday, just so people are aware if you're an Alabama fan or if you want to listen to something um, that is sports-related here on Sports 1061, uh, we will be airing the Alabama Athletics Summer Update Radio Show from 11 to 1 on Saturday, this coming Saturday. Um, it was canceled a couple of weeks ago due to weather, so this is a makeup uh for the Alabama Athletic Summer Update radio show, Eli Gold, who is the voice of the Crimson Tide. Uh, we carry Crimson Tide football here on on Sports 106.1. He will host the show. We'll have some special guest interviews, including Coach Nick Saban. So, again, if you're an alumni or a fan or just want to tune in on Saturday, again, 11 to 1, the Alabama Athletic Summer Update show. And we will be airing that here again on Sports 106.1. Just wanted to give that a quick plug.
2: Thank you so much, Ben. And, of course, doing a great job with all the updates, breaking news. And, folks, do you know it was on this date, way back on the 10th, uh, uh, 2010, June 24th, this date, 2010, Nicholas Mahut and John Isner, what did they do? They had the epic battle of all epic battles when it came to tennis, 11 hours Five-minute match over three days before Isner eventually topped Mahut. Can you imagine playing tennis at a competitive level for 11 hours, five minutes for a match? Are you kidding me? An incredible feat, and that was this date, June 24, 2010. It was Mahut and Isner, and Isner finally toppled uh, him in a 11-hour, five-minute, epic three-day match. That is absolutely phenomenal. So that's that uh, big sports news back on this date in uh june 24th so that's going to wrap up today's edition of the sports king and we want to thank cole thompson our nfl insider for joining us and talking all things texas a and m he talked college uh, football talked pro football gave you some great insight there thank cole for that and also we want to thank you tuning in today of course baseball's back our top story NBA rosters will be determined today we'll talk about that tomorrow and I want to thank uh, Ben who has done an amazing job as he does every day for the Sports King show and once again tomorrow join us again we'll be here 10 to 12 noon it starts in the morning 8 to 10 with Big Al coming up next in the jungle Los Angeles it'll be the great Jim Rome he takes over for us momentarily don't touch that dial keep it right here on Sports 1061 throughout the day have a great rest of your day for Ben I'm Jamie we'll see you tomorrow for the next edition of of the Sports King Show.